So one of the best parts about the Principles Trust is how much we share with each other to lift each other up and to remind ourselves that we are not in this work alone. Uh, on this episode, you'll get to hear us talk a little bit about our whys and why we chose to move from classrooms into administration. And shout out to Dr. Larkin for inspiring the conversation. The work that we do is not easy work, it's challenging work. And there are a lot of educators who will openly admit to not being able to do the work that we do. Mm. So when you think about the role of principal, it really, it was a conscious decision, right? To become a, an administrator, to leave the classroom, to do what it is that we do. I remember one of my biggest fears about um, leaving the classroom was really the connections that I had with students. And um, I think many principals are in it for the kids, obviously, because we don't do this work just to do this work. But I remember feeling uh, very conflicted about, about leaving. And the only reason that I was able to have some comfort and some solace in being able to leave the classroom to enter the field of administration is because I had already formed enough connections with students and former students to be confident that if I never formed any more deep bonds with students like I already have, I'd be okay. Cause I taught for 14 years in the classroom. And so uh, today it's, it's pretty cool to get, you know, emails or text messages or phone calls from former students. Um, as a matter of fact, I got one recently um, on Friday. A former student texted me with the most beautiful text that brought tears to my eyes. And we ended up hopping up on, hopping on a Zoom call. And um, I was like, I needed that today because I don't connect with students like I normally connect with them when um, I did in the classroom. So that's not my why, but that's just me kind of throwing something out there. So I'll stop there. Dr. Larkin, do you want to say anything about your why before we move on? Absolutely. So I think the reason why I became a principal is because I was really ready to lead work um, on a, a larger scale, the instructional work. Um, as a teacher leader on my campus, I was already leading PD. Um, I had a principal at the time who was really a like distributed leader. He, he believed in distributed leadership and he really did allow me to lead. And so I was doing some low key work leadership work that a VP or administrator might lead. And so I really was ready to kind of like get out there and, and lead on my own vision. Um, well, that's why, well that's, that's why I became an actual VP. When I was in a VP role, I can definitely tell you that I was ready to jump from VP-ship to principalship as a result of wanting to lead under my own vision. Mm -hmm. um, I was able to lead PD as a VP um, and, and, and kind of work on the instructional growth of teachers. Um, but I was ready to go ahead and actually move on and really lead um, a school under my own vision. And so um, I really love Morris High School. I was happy to go back. I really didn't want to work at any school other than um, Morris High School. I think as a principal, it's really um, important that you have to love the school that you lead. Mm -hmm. um, the work that we do is too hard too challenging it sucks up all of your time and so if you don't love the school that you lead um i honestly don't know how how i can make it so yeah so i guess my why really has to do a lot with the fact that um i kind of wanted to leave my own school and under my own vision and not lead under the vision the limited vision of someone else 
that sounds bad. Not the limited vision of someone else, but you know what I mean? Like I want to be able to kind of fully lead under my own vision. Right. It's not that you saw other leaders as limited. It's just that you had a vision you wanted to see happen. Correct. Absolutely. And being very respectful of the leader that you're currently working under to not overstep. Correct. And, and that's something like as a young VP, I made some of those mistakes, which is, a, you know, part of the reason why I, you know, I, I pushed myself out of there because I could see the mistakes happening. And then I was, it wasn't going to, wasn't going to do anybody any good. Um, I think one of the big whys for me is I was in a situation um, where um, I, I was, I was in a situation where I wanted to create an environment that teachers wanted to show up to every day because I worked at a school for 10 years with constant principal turnover, strong union um, um, conflict. And it just, it wasn't a happy place to be. And I wanted to go to a place and make work a happy place to be. That, that, was, that was a big piece of what, what drove me and what do it. And then I worked under a leader um, who really pushed me and I never worked so hard as a teacher and the way that this leader pushed me and made me feel I wanted to be like him and, um, and I highly respect him. Um, so, and one of the things I always crack up about is my, when I think back to my first year as a principal is it's so much like your first year of parenting. Cause you're like, when I'm at a principal, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be in the classrooms every day. Cause my, my principal never does this and I'm going to handle this. And then you get into your first year of principalship and nothing goes as planned and nothing happens. And, and so now that I'm in my seventh year of being a building leader, you know, I, 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 I look back now on who I was as a first year principal, like I did when I was a first year teacher. And I'm like, oh, the mistakes I made, oh, the, the growth that I, you know, the maturity I have now versus then and those type of things. And so I, I love what I get to do every day. Um, I had to make a very emotional choice to leave a school I loved. Um, and I was, a, I was a part of the community to come home and work in the community where my children attend school. And um, that, that was, um, so when Dr. Larkin, you talk about loving a school, um, I, we weren't connected to the community where I lived in. And now that I work in it, I, we feel a stronger connection because we, um, because I'm here and I'm in it and I love seeing the kids at church and I love seeing them in the grocery store and parents on the weekend. And I love being able to be a bigger part of the li their lives than just in the school building. And so for me, um, that's, that's my why. And that's where I, I have to remind myself to find joy. And that's where I'm really happy we're coming up on spring break. So I can, you know, go back and, 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 and do this. So um, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a blessing, right? People are like, oh, it's so much work. And we're like, no, it's a blessing. So I am gonna pass this blessing over to Roy Dubs. You ready? I'm ready. My why is I, I truly believe that, you know, that you need to love the school, but my why is because I love people and I became a teacher. Like if you were to ask the 21 year old version of me, like, Hey, um, you know, why do you want to be a teacher? And I, and I would say, I want to change the world. Like I want to make a difference in someone's life. And so uh, I know that when you're in teaching, I taught for 12 years before I became an administrator and a common question that gets asked of somebody that's making that change, people will say, oh, I want to 
be um, an administrator. I want to be a leader because I want to make a difference outside the walls of my classroom. And I know that that's a common thing that people say, um, but I really love connecting with people. I love transformation. I love just making a difference. And I know that I'm really inspired by my father uh, and the kids that he taught. I remember just watching him walk down uh, from his classroom to the office and kids of all sizes would run up against it, run up to him and give him the biggest hug. And I didn't really fully understand why. And it's just because he made a difference in people's lives. And so he still does. And so I just think that if I could do that, that's great. And I would, um, you know, I would come across uh, students that he would teach and they, and as adults, they'd say, you know, your dad is a teacher. He changed my life. And I just think that that is so powerful. And I know those happen in, in, in the moments in the classroom. And so I, I really aspired to be that type of teacher. And then from, from there, I realized I, you know, I tried to be that teacher to like all the students in, in, in my first, in my grade level, and then at my school. And, and I realized I don't get that same like re relational connection alone as just a principal but I also can, um, I think that as a principal, I get to lead with my teachers and build that leadership. And so um, just being able to love on people, make connections and relationships with teachers uh, to enhance the experience of, of our students is a really amazing thing. So I love people and that's, that's my why. And so I, that's it. <laughs> I'll go. Um, this is Melissa Agadello. Um, for me, um, and I love it when Dr. Larkin talks about her aspiration to be an example for other Black girls. Um, I feel the same way about Latino girls. I feel the same way. So I, um, I got into education quite by accident. My intention was to be a, a civil rights attorney uh, or to work for the ACLU. And after I graduated from college, I had that fatigue of uh, school. So I decided I was going to do some sort of a Peace Corps thing for two years. And um, then I decided, is there, then I was like, is there something we could do here? Like, I'd rather not go somewhere else. And that's when I heard about Teach for America. So I ended up in Teach for America, fully intending to do a couple years of teaching, just kind of like get out of school and then fully intending to apply to go to law school. And I totally fell in love with those kids. And I realized social justice is grassroots work, right? And, and, and change comes from the bottom. And I started saying to myself for years, granted, this is what, year 30 in education? No, it's year, my first year teaching was 95. <laughs> so I've been in education for a very long time. And every year I used to always say, I'm going to keep doing this till I don't love it anymore. And then I'm going to law school. And to be clear, I am going to keep doing this until I don't like it anymore. And then I'm going to law school. That's still the plan. Right. But I, um, so, so for me, it was about the community I was serving. I never thought I would leave working in a predominantly Latino area. I, I was taken into Teach for America because I'm bilingual and I was placed in uh, South Mountain of Phoenix. And um, it has never stopped calling me to be of service to my community, to be an example to my students, to speak their language and to see somebody in leadership who speaks it, mm -hmm. um, to, to hear from someone who looks like you, that you believe in them and that you love them, um, I think is important. Um, 
So I think for one side, why do I do it? For me, it's about raza, it's about brown people, it's about lifting up people who look like me, who came from where I came from. Um, it's about keeping what I hope is, you know, kind of my myself as, as someone that any student could look to. Um, so that, those sorts of things are important to me. And I've always appreciated hearing Dr. Larkin talk about them because sometimes I can I fear they come off sounding almost arrogant, but it's not an arrogance. It's a desire to ensure that I am providing super strong shoulders for everybody climbing up because I'm standing on some pretty strong ones. And so I need, I, I need to be that base. I think my second why is um, I, I think that we have to reshape education. I think we're doing it wrong. I think even I'm doing it wrong most days. Um, and I just got to that point where I finally had to say, like the put up or shut up, right? Like if you believe that a comprehensive high school can have internships, can do project-based learning, if you believe that you can have meaningful exhibitions and meaningful relationships in a school of 1500 kids who are not, not only historically, but currently very marginalized, it's time for you to get out there and do the work, right? Like that's kind of why. And so I finally was like, okay, well, I feel like I've grown the skills. I, I, I feel like I have the heart. I love the crap out of these kids. So if somebody's going to do it, get on your horse. So for me, it's about that. It's, it's about wanting to be a change maker, wanting to be an example, wanting to stay humble too, though, and just wanting to, to feel like I have made a difference for those that come next. That's important to me. So that would be my why. All right. Well, I'm going to mute myself because it's, I guess it's my turn. Um, I'm going to follow up with that by just saying, this is Stephanie, by the way, I've had several defining moments that helped me really crystallize why I'm in education. The first one was in high school. So did not feel a strong sense of belonging um, in high school. I was bused um, from North Park to, to the Mira Mesa Scripps Ranch area. And um, didn't attend my prom um, in the 11th grade, finally thought, you know, given my environment, maybe I should start thinking about college. Um, fast forward to my senior year where my family did not believe that I was worthy of going to college and started off at a junior college because I was not doing well academically. And that was hard for me, um, not having my family really believe that I was college worthy or college material. I did end up um, becoming a paraprofessional when I was uh, 18. So one of the jobs that I had when I was uh, in junior college was um, being a, an assistant to students that had physical disabilities. And I remember seeing the students that I was supporting really marginalized because they couldn't participate in gen ed PE. They couldn't really fully physically participate in their gen ed classrooms. And just remember feeling like really not being able to articulate it, but just feeling like this is wrong. Like this is wrong, like school was not designed for them. And I had a mentor um, in graduate school, Jackie Thousand, who um, when I pursued becoming a special education teacher taught me a lot about inclusion and exclusion and the history of exclusion and just like what students with disabilities had to go through to like rightfully earn their place in education. Just getting really activated by that and feeling excited about like being a part of supporting students to have access. So I did start off as a special education teacher. I did, I actually ended up teaching at Lincoln High School when it first reopened in 2007. I was there for five years. 
became deeply in love with the school and the community. I was actually a founding member of, this, of the Ninth Grade Center for Social Justice. And that's where I really learned about the concept of social justice and started to expand my understanding about equity and learned a lot from my colleagues at the time. And I'm forever grateful for the opportunities that I got to be developed professionally in that space and feeling a great sense of loss and um, sadness when I did not believe in the leadership at the time that I decided to depart. Um, but I'm so excited that I'm there back again. It felt like a total homecoming for me because I do like uh, what many of you have already said, just deep love and respect for the community that I serve. I've also had the opportunity to work at my local, um, my neighborhood middle school. So I really connect with what you said, Jamie, on like what it feels like to be in your own community. I never engaged with Linda Vista. I actually live in a part of Linda Vista where if you go left, you go down to Mission Valley, but if you go right, you go up into Linda Vista. And admittedly, I never engaged. And I had some of those myths and, and, and misconceptions about my community, but it wasn't until I was called to be the principal at the school in my neighborhood that I just developed a deep love and appreciation and, and still do. Um, so I think my why has a lot to do with the fact that I had very little opportunities and people that believed in me when I was coming up through high school. And so I feel really passionate, as I know my partner does, about making sure that students under our watch have access to opportunities, people that love and care about them, that believe in them, and, and want the best for them. And we'll show up every day to make sure that that happens. Yeah. And we um, show I, up every day. Every, <laughs> every day. day. All right. Sorry, Nina. <laughs> no, that's a, no, that's okay. It's it's Nina here, and I think that um, as I'm trying to recall my why, I, I, it starts for me at the beginning. Um, I had a very transient um, childhood and adolescence. We moved around a lot when I was younger, and um, when I was in college and about to obtain my bachelor's, I volunteered at my local elementary school in my neighborhood. And I was originally, in, and I was um, a poli-sci major and history minor, and I thought that I was going to work for the UN eventually. And then I worked with kids in kindergarten and fourth grade, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll teach government, you know, in, in middle school. So um, I went and um, to the program at SDSU and became um, uh, involved in the teacher credential program. And, and I worked in more elementary schools, and I realized that maybe I wanted to work in elementary school instead. Um, and so I worked in elementary schools, Title I predominantly for a good 15 years. And I think I just kind of hit a wall in terms of um, comfort. I was very comfortable in what I was doing. And I realized that I needed to challenge myself. Um, and I went into leadership. And I think for me, my why is very much steeped in this, this, this dream to actualize democratic principles that we pledge allegiance to every single day. Um, I feel really strongly about equalizing opportunities for kids. Um, my campus has a high immigrant population and I see myself and my kids. Um, it's a swath of um, different ethnicities and, and, and languages. And I want to make sure that we are providing them with an education that will prepare them for whatever they choose to, in, to, to enter into. Um, that's really important to me. Uh, it's, it's the reason why my parents immigrated to the United States, something that I, I know that's why the parents of my kids um, 
have come to this country. Um, I know that's what they want for them as well. Um, I, I kind of see my parents and the parents of my students, and I, I just want the best for them. I want them to have a fighting chance, and uh, that embodies everything that I do um, on a daily basis at my site. Thanks for joining us for this episode. Feel free to find us on all your socials at uh, Principles Trust, and we'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback, as well as any questions you might have.